Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. I want to get into um, a conversation, and as we, we begin today's conversation, uh, I want to look at two scriptures from the Bible. The second one we'll look at... Uh, twice just because I want to get into it a little bit more but Psalms 121 verse uh, 1 and 2 and I want to we'll start reading this verse I lift my eyes up to the mountains where does my help come from my help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth come on that's good also first John chapter 3 verse 1 it says see what kind of love the father has given us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world doesn't know us and did not know Him. Today I, I got a word that is burning in my heart as we celebrate Father's Day. And I'm aware that, that as we celebrate Father's Day, I'm not trying to marginalize anybody. I was raised by a single parent, a, a single mom. I was adopted from a foster home. My, my, my mom raised me. So I, I for those that are single and, and your moms today and you're carrying that burden, just know that we honor you and that, and that uh, we know the sacrifice. At least I have seen the sacrifice with my own mom and what she did. You know, and I think that sometimes because we are in a society that demands that everything's fair, we can't honor one person because we didn't honor everybody. But today I'm going to spend some time talking about dads and, and honoring fathers. And, you know, I got four kids and when, when it's one of their birthday, everybody don't get a present. I mean, that's just the reality. And so I think it's important for us to be able to strengthen the father union, to strengthen what God has called fathers to be. And so that doesn't marginalize anybody, but it does help us in how we connect with God. Yeah. Today, as we begin talking, um, for God allows all of us to have anchors, anchors, spiritual anchors. And, and there are grandparents, mothers, spiritual fathers in this room people who have helped somebody or, or have, has nurtured somebody. And so there's all of these types of anchors. But I'll tell you the truth is it, it's, very, um, it's very helpful when you have an anchor in your life. Yeah. Somebody who you know is going to be consistent. Somebody that you know is going to always be there. Someone that you know that's always going to show up. And can I tell you that as we begin to talk a little bit about the, what fathers can do as an anchor, it's very important for us to connect to the true anchor, which is the Lord. And for all of us, we got to anchor. We got to have an anchor with the Heavenly Father, and we've got to connect with Him and allow Him to um, connect every missing piece in our life. You know, if, if we try to be an anchor and not connect to the Heavenly Father, then everything that we try to do is going gonna, is gonna to waver. God is the thing that anchors all of us. And today, my assignment is when the anchor holds. When the anchor holds. You know, it's no surprise in our culture that we have a disconnection with fathers. 
We do. We have, we have a disconnection with fathers. And, and it saddens me as I've been following the trial of Bill Cosby. And, and I'm not going to, you don't have to worry, I'm not going to defame or, or any, I don't, we're not a church that, that tears down people. But the reality is, if you have been following it at all, you, you know that obviously there's a trial going on. And I think sometimes the church is a little bit disconnected because, because we, we don't, we, we preach Jesus, but we don't know how to put Jesus in culture. And so how does this all affect us all the time? But the reality is, you know, I'm not sure that he did everything that the media reported. However, I have read enough to know that he and his wife had certain acceptable arrangements. Now, I'm not judging anybody here, but I'm telling you that God has more for us than just giving in to the cra cravings of our flesh. You understand what I'm saying? Many of us grew up believing, hoping that there were some men out there that could be fun, successful, in love with their wife, in love with their family, that they could live above the fray, to control their anger, and live like the character Cliff Huxtable. Come on, I was one of those guys. I, I was raised by a single mom, and I remember watching the Cosby show. Come on, when he would dance and play and hang out with his family. And, and I thought, man, I, I, wa I want to be... I want to be Cliff Huxtable. I, I want to have a relationship like that. And I, am under, I understand, obviously now, that that character probably had many retakes, many creative writers that helped develop the interaction of his on-screen family. And, and there was a lot of working to produce that character. But I wanted to be that man. And I wanted to have a home like that. And the truth is, Without an anchor, we will be moved by every wind and every wave. Yeah. Without an anchor, we'll just be an actor. Do you hear what I'm saying? Without an anchor, there will be no security. Without an anchor, we will drift away from a thriving life that God has called us to live. And I want to talk a little bit because I feel like we've lost something. We've lost something and I want it back. Because I believe that God has for all of us thriving families, homes, marriages, businesses, careers. And when the anchor holds, everything's healthy. But when the anchor doesn't hold, we drift. We drift. We have lost, I feel like some of us, and we're a life-giving culture, so I'm not about what I'm against, but, but I'm just saying that there, there has been this overall in culture, we've lost the greatness of Father God. How great God is. How much of a Father God is. And you know what? It has devalued the roles of our earthly father of earthly fathers. Yes, I know that there are fathers who've blown it. Yes, and I understand that. Um, but let's not judge every father by the one that hurt you. Because we've got some people, some men, that are trying to do it the best they can. And a lot of times, because there was a wound or there was a hurt, we marginalize all fathers. When we marginalize our time with the Heavenly Father, it, it touches everything. See, when they, we avoid Father God, we marginalize our relationship with Him. And when we spend little time, little respect, little attention, and little honor giving it to our Father God, it affects every other relationship in our life. Why? Because the Father is, we're talking about God, the Father is the Father of life, 
love, joy, grace, patience, humility, humanity. He is the ultimate anchor for our lives. You hear what I'm saying? And when we avoid His presence, we begin to drift and float aimlessly, never reaching the place that He has for us. God has a place for you. God has a place for me. Alexis D. de Tocqueville said, and he was a French diplomat, political scientist, and a historian. And he came over and visited America in the 19th century. And here's what he said. He said, I've sought for the greatness and genius of America in her harbors and her, and her ample rivers, and it was not there. In her fertile lands and boundless prairies, it was not there. Not until I went to the churches of America and heard the pulpits aflame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and power. America is great because she is good. And if America ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. He also wrote this, Liberty cannot be established without morality, nor morality without faith. Let's talk a little bit. I find it interesting in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, See what kind of love the Father has given us. See. In other words, we're to observe it. We're to, we're to, and there are a lot of times as a father that I have to say to my children, See? Hey, go get that for me. I can't find that. I can't find it. No, see, it's right here. Come on, how many of y'all ever use a, if it was a snake, it would have, you, you know. Listen, sometimes people just don't see. And, 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 and there are anchors that God puts in all of our lives, drawing our attention and keeping us stable so that we can see all the things that God really wants to do in our life. Many have been blinded and they don't see. They think there are other experiences that are more beautiful than God. Other aspects of life that should be enjoyed. See, the reality is this. God said that He would not leave us orphans, but that we are children of God. We have a Father who is the anchor in all of our lives. If we'll accept the presence of this Father. Many people can't understand why Christians would forgive. Why Christian, where, where does that joy come from? The reality is we were all destined for hell. We were all destined for hell. And, and I, I realize that in our overt uh, PC world, we don't want to say anything to anybody that would offend them. But the reality is if we remove the offense from the gospel, then there is no need for Jesus. We don't come to church to be moral. We don't come to church to just clean up our act. We don't come to church just so that we can get a tic-tac and a breath mint and a change of clothes. The reality is we have all, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And if I understand on the front end of that, you're like, bro, I ain't no sinner. Well, what? I'm not, you don't even know me. But it's very easy for us if we remove sin then we don't understand the sacrifice and the sacrifice of Christ is what saves us. Yeah. It's what saves us. It's what changes our life. It's why we do what we do. See, if we want to understand the gospel, the gospel is faith. The gospel is repentance. Hey, you know what? Here I am. 
The act of that is obedience. The gospel isn't obedience. It is faith and surrender. And out of that, you want to do something different, which is obey. But if we get it twisted, we'll think the gospel means being obedient. But that's not, Jesus came so that you would have life, come on, and have it more abundantly. God the Father said, this broken relationship can't stand. I'm going to send someone in my way. I'm going to send someone down there to, to break this divide so that there can be relationship between a, a, a beautiful, wonderful, loving Father and us. That was Jesus. That was Jesus. As we look at this, I have four kids, and we didn't download YouTube videos and, say, and teach them how to lie. We didn't teach them how to deceive. We didn't teach them to take one more cookie. Come on, how many parents you know? Come on, we are all eating at the table, and there's like one more biscuit left. And it gets real when there's one more biscuit left. When there's one more cookie left, come on. People are like, I want it. I call it dibs. And their plate is full. I'm like, you dirty. (laughs) You're a glutton. You have not even finished your plate. But the sheer fact, I just don't want them to have it. I may want it. I don't even know if I'm hungry for it, but I sure don't want my sister to have it. (laughs) Who taught that? We all have that within us, that nature to, come on, I want it my way. The anthem is me first. Come on, if everything is, is, is done my way, then it is the right way. Come on. But the reality is this, is that you've also lived enough life to know that no matter how many things think will bring you some sort of success, approval, to help you get a certain place, it's never enough. It's never enough. You'll never make enough money. You'll never have enough success. Your kids will never be good enough. Come on. They, you know, they, they, turn on the, they turn off the light. Yeah, they left the shoes on the floor. It's like, can we just do everything perfect? No. No, sometimes we can't because we don't either. We don't either. But we have a God who loves us and said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay that penalty of sin where, where we try to be first and achieve first, and that opens us up to all of these, the, 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 these lust and sin and things that hurt our soul. And God said that I love you so much that I'm going to give to you even when you're not at your best. Even when you're not at your best. I'm so grateful for a Heavenly Father that forgives us, that allows us to start over, that, that has written down Scripture so that we know what to follow, has given us the power of the Holy Spirit to help and teach us what we need to say and when we need it and how we need it. I'm so grateful that He hasn't left us alone and that God is an anchor. Come on, and when that anchor holds, our life is steady. Steady. Why does the Bible call God the Father? Because He's the first. He's the creator. He is the God of it all. And the reality is, it is important for us to be able to honor Father God because if we can't honor God, who we don't see, we'll never honor the ones we do. That's not, 
That's not Stephen 101, that's Bible. If we can't love the Father who we don't see, we'll never be able to give. And so here's the thing, what we'll do is even good fathers sometimes get a bad rap. We all, can, we all have seen a Lifetime movie or a TNT movie of a bad father. And we can all rally around a bad father, but come on, what about good fathers that, that maybe blew it and didn't control their anger at moments or had moments or was human, was just human. But the reality is when the push come to shove, they paid the bills, they were there, they were present, come on. But it's in our nature to be critical first. Because ultimately we demand perfection from everybody else but us. Now the question comes, how do we see? Like the verse tells, told us, see. See the love of God. See the love of the Father. I believe earthly fathers help anchor families. This, in this position was established to give us a glimpse of who God is. Like I said earlier. Many have been hurt by fathers, and I understand that. But I can tell you the hurt that you experienced by your father was nothing compared to the hurt that the enemy did to your father. It is the enemy who deceives. It is the enemy that lies. It is the enemy that traps. It is the enemy that ensnares. It is the enemy that entangles. And yes, we do have a choice, but the reality is the, re the, the pursuit is relentless. The attack is relentless. There are not days. It's not like the devil has picked favorite men not to mess with. He messes with all men. He messes with all anchors. And he wants to break them all down. Moms, dads, grandmothers, grandmothers, parents. That's what he he does in this church we have some real men men who fight offenses men who work hard every day men who refuse to make excuses men who are battling daily for their purity it's exciting to see a culture of men while not perfect by any means are taking the challenge to be anchors for their family you remember the the joke about the light bulb Around real men? I'm tell it to you. Do you know how many real men it takes to change a light bulb? Light bulb? None. Real men aren't afraid of the dark. <laughs> Come on. Come on. N none. Listen, on this Father's Day, I want to give you three important thoughts about an anchor. Three important thoughts about an anchor. We're so excited we're going to take another Belize trip here in August and we're taking like 25 people, 25 um, people down there to do some ministry and there was one time, in fact, um, uh, uh, our friends, uh, board members, Eric and Tiffany are here, they're over here in the back and, um, and we all went, we all went uh, last summer and we after all of our missions trip, out of all, everything that we did, we went and swam with sharks. And, and so it was kind of a fun thing. And I remember I took one young man and, uh, and I was like, hey, we're going to, one of the outings that we're going to do. And he's like, are we going to do anything fun? I was like, yeah, we're going to do something fun. He was like, what are we going to do? I was like, we're going to get on a boat. And he's like, yeah. I was like, we're going to go out to the coral reef. And he's like, yeah. He goes, I said, we're going to swim with sharks. He goes, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, I, we're going to do what? And, he, and, I, and I said, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to jump in. We're going to swim with these sharks. It's going to be great. He goes, I, I don't swim with sharks. I, I, don't, I, don't, 
I don't do that. Uh, and I was like, oh, no, 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 they won't bite you. And he was like, that's what they always say before they bite you. <laughs> and so uh, I'm not going to tell you who he was, Devin. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry. But, uh, uh, so, sorry. <laughs> uh, and so anyway, we, we, we get out there and, and we're all jumping in. I mean, say, I'm taking Sage. Sage is like, yeah, I'm swimming with fish, sharks, fish. It's great, stingrays. And so we're out there, we're all swimming. It's, it's awesome. And um, Devin's in the boat and I can see his lips moving and I'm like, what are you doing? He was like, I'm praying. And that's, finally he, 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 he jumped in and we were having fun. We were there just kind of hanging. And after a while, Sage... The, way, the waves kept coming in, and Sage was further and further from the boat. And so, you know, he was just playing and having fun, but then all of a sudden, ah! He started screaming, they're leaving me! Ah! He started waving his hands, and, and, and I was close enough to him that I was just like, bro, the boat's not leaving. The waves are pushing you out. And he was like, huh? You know, because the boat was anchored. Come on, somebody. It was anchored. The boat was in a fixed position no matter what was happening. Men, I got to tell you, fathers, you have to be a fixed position because when the waves come in, people got to know that you're not moving. They got to know that you're not moving, that no matter what happens, and here's the thing, you know, it was so easy, and we're just coming into this phase, so I really don't know what I'm talking about 100%. But, 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 but I remember when my kids were younger, and they did everything that I said. You know what I'm saying? Like, my idea was the best idea. Everything is the best. And so, man, it was so much easy. It was so easy. Now my son is hitting 11, and he's like, I don't think we should do that. And I'm like, Ugh. What is wrong with you? I'm like, kind of cast out a demon. <laughs> Remember, I have the best ideas. Remember, I was the one that threw you up and catch you, caught you most times. And so we're right. I, 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 uh, I have the best ideas. I'm the greatest person in the world. Remember? Uh, I mean, most times. You know, and it's like, what's wrong with you? I remember when they didn't have any opinions. And they were just like, Dad, whatever you want to do is great. Oh, God, Dad, thank you for ice cream. Oh, Dad, thank you. And now they're like, ice cream? We had that like two weeks ago. Nobody wants ice cream. Do you want ice cream? And I'm like, you ain't got no money. <laughs> and now I got all these opinions and, and, and these ideas. And it was so, you're messing it up. Don't, don't, just do what I want to do and everyone will be happy. I'll be happy. Just, just stop messing it up. The reality is this, as they grow and they develop, you have to be fixed because there will be moments that their decisions cause them to be moved. But, but you are the anchor that holds. You are the anchor that holds. And I want to give you three important thoughts about anchors. The first one is this. It connects to something secure. An anchor connects to something secure. Dads, connecting to Christ isn't just a moral thing to do. It's protecting your legacy. It's protecting your legacy. Jobs aren't secure. New homes aren't secure. The economy is not secure. Having even attempting to have a great marriage and great kids are not secure. Don't disconnect from something secure for something that looks shiny. 
Stay with something secure. Come on, uh, all of us, it's in us men inherently to build and perform and grow and, 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 and do. But, but if, if we're reaching, we got to make sure that we're still connected. And if it's out of reach, we don't let go of what will keep us. Well, if I can, I can just come over here a little bit, bit and then I'll come back and I can just come over. But there's a drift. The drift is too big. You got to anchor. You got to anchor. Don't connect to something that will tear you away from your family, tear you away from your responsibilities. When the anchor holds, people are safe. Come on. When the anchor holds, there is security. And the Bible says that everything will pass away. But the concept of who God is and how great God is and how he has redeemed us. Everything will pass away. Everything. The second thing is this. It's going to be a long one. The chain must be strong enough to endure through the changing tides and swirling winds. The chain must be strong enough to endure through the changing tides and swirling winds. Men, Fathers, the one thing that we do above anything else is strengthen the chain. One thing that we do above anything else is strengthen the chain. You can teach your kids to work. You can teach your kids a thousand things. But if you don't teach them how to strengthen the thing, the anchor, then here's the thing. They may be great workers that are taken out because of depression, anxiety. But if you don't teach them how to connect to the anchor, then all that they amass, they'll never know where to take all of that other stuff. You got to tell them, you got to teach them, you got to strengthen your anchor. I've been convicted about this lately, and so um, the, the last couple weeks I have purposely been waking up and reading my Bible in front of my kids because I've been doing it other times. And so I thought, you know what? I know my kids know I pray. I'm not how sure how much they see me pray. And I know my kids know I read the Bible, but I'm not sure they've ever seen me read the Bible. You hear what I'm saying? I've got to teach them one thing above it all because here's the thing. The one thing we know is you can't control the storm and you can't control the, t control the tide and the hurricanes and the shift. And no matter what happens in life and based on what church you grew up in, that, some, sometimes that hurts the Christian faith, because there are some sections of faith that believe that all you have to do is give your life to the Lord and there will never be a problem. You'll never have a problem. But the reality is you don't stop the storms and you don't stop the waves and you don't stop the trauma and the, tra the things that happen. Those don't stop. But if you build your chain, then what will happen is as you strengthen that chain and that core, you'll become strong in and of your spirit and you'll be able to go through what should have killed most people. God will give you a way through the storm. Not that he removes them, but he gives you a way, a way through where you don't, in the Bible it talks about that we don't have to smell like smoke. And it alludes to the fact that, that these three guys were in a furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were in this furnace. But yet, because of the strength that they had built in their connection with the Father, they were in a terrible circumstance but, and, and came out of it and never smelt like they were in it. 
What I'm saying to you is this. The biggest thing that we do is we strengthen the support of our faith, of what God's doing. We live with an obligation. Man, come on, we live with an obligation. We don't live on how we feel. We don't live on, on whims. We don't live, we, we live with an obligation. We wake up and there's a difference on how we live life. Romans talks about that our faith, we live it as an obligation. Why? Because we want to secure our anchor so that we're set. And we want to be people of consistency. What's playing on your XM radio? What thoughts are you feeding yourself? Well, I don't know. I feel like you're getting to a little bit of law. No, I'm not getting to a little bit of law. The law cannot free you and it cannot save you. But, but the Lord gave us a blueprint not to be entrapped or enslaved or broken. And here's the thing. You can't feed on garbage and not think about garbage. You can't, does that make sense? You, you cannot, you cannot. I remember when we first moved here and uh, we were from Hot Springs and come on, there was one Walmart, one Walmart, holla. And we moved up here and, and, and we lived like two blocks from a Krispy Kreme. God has spoken. And when he said, move to Krispy Kreme, the light was on. And I knew it was God that we moved. Only time we had been in Krispy Kreme is when we went to Branson. And so we'd go on vacation every now and then, and that light would on. And no matter what we were doing, no matter what time, it was a tradition that we pulled in because the light was on. Then we moved two blocks away, and the light was on. And so, without even knowing, yeah, yeah, and all of a sudden, <laughs> come on, brother started looking like a Krispy Kreme. <laughs> the reality is, I had to tell my kids, hey, guess what, guys? You know the light? Yeah! It's on every day at 845. <laughs> we live here now, we're not pulling into Krispy Kreme. What, what are you feeding yourself? Are you feeding yourself doubt, insecurity? Um, you're not good enough? Come on, are, are you feeding, your, you've blown it? You, you've messed up, you've done? Because I'm telling you, whatever you feed on, that is what you'll become. That's what you'll become. Real men don't make excuses. Real men don't live offended. Real men produce a legacy. Real men are anchors for their family. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect. You just have to live with an obligation. This is what I'm doing. And I cannot promise you every day will be excellent, but I can promise you that every day I will attempt it. Every day I will attempt it. There isn't a man in this room that has been disqualified from being an anchor. Because you know why? Because it, being an anchor wasn't given to you because you did well. Being an anchor was created in your DNA before the foundations of time. You're an anchor. You're an anchor. You live with an obligation. 
You live with an obligation. When the storms come, when the things come, when, when things come, you, when, when, when the winds get heavy, you're an anchor. You're, and, and, and when everybody thinks it's not going to work and it's not going to happen, and your kids talk about, I don't know about college, and I don't know how we're going to do this, and I, you're an anchor. And sometimes they'll roll their eyes and go, that's just how y'all think. I mean, you're like, no, no, no. That's how I think over 45 years of work in this. And I'm telling you, what you don't see doesn't mean God doesn't see it. Because my Bible says that God can do exceedingly and abundantly more than what we can even ask, think, or imagine. You are preparing today. For the storms that you experience tomorrow, you've got to strengthen, you've got to strengthen that chain. Number three, the last one, is that it holds people from drifting. It holds people from drifting. Everyone on the boat is held in the right position. Come on, Noah, his whole family got to go because of Noah. I don't know if you know that story, but here's a guy who was living righteous. And God said, you know what? Evil has been all over the world, and I'm going to have to change some things. I'm going to have to change the heart. The, the people are too wicked. And because of Mo, Noah's righteousness, his family got to enter. Can I tell you something, men? We hold people from drifting. And it's hard when you see some of your family members drifting. It's hard when, when, when you knew that they were raised different than how they're acting. But you never waver. Don't get your feelings hurt. Don't let the devil come in and say, well, if you'd have done more right. You just stay. I'm praying for you. I love you. I'm for you. I'm there for you. And all I know is that when you come to your senses and when you can finally see what I can see, all I'm telling you is I will be right here loving you. I will not have my fingers crossed. I will not have my arms crossed. I will not be mad at you. I will not make you come beg for my love or forgiveness. I am an anchor and I'm going to be right here. And every day I'm going to be calling you even though you're rejecting me. Every day I'm going to be doing what you've called me to do because this is where God's put me. We need some men to be an anchor. It's easy to get our feelings hurt and leave the ones that God has called us to. But someone's got to be an anchor. You know, my whole life, since I became an adult, I've not missed church. I've not. We've tithed. Even before we came to this church and opened this up, and I was here for six months, we went to Catalyst, we went to Key Point, we went to, uh, uh, we went to Fellowship, but we, every Sunday we were in church. You know why? Because I wanted to be an anchor, and I wanted to be an anchor for my kids, and I wanted them to grow, and I realized I could not teach them everything. I needed somebody to come in and teach them what I could not teach them. We've been tithing. Now, I'm not saying that. This, none of this is self-serving, and so don't take this as a backhanded slap. The, the reality is I'm just telling you that I had a man in my life that sat me down when I was young and broken and fatherless and he said there's a lot of things that you can do but you need to be an anchor and here's what that requires and my eye and I was like I can't do all that 
And he's like, that's why you need the Holy Spirit. Because you're right, you can't. But when he empowers you, you can. Half of making the right decision is being in the right position. We hold people from drifting. Come on, men. Sometimes we've got to usher our wives. We've got to pastor them, not just preach to them. Uh-oh, come on. Sometimes we've got to usher them. And sometimes it's not this, but it's this. We're an anchor. God has called you to be an anchor. And do not leave your post for anything. Do not leave your post. Moms, obviously I'm spending time talking about, but do not leave your post for anything. You single, young, married, college, do not leave your post for anything. Because it's never about this moment, it's about your legacy. Joshua chapter 1-9 says this, I have, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Come on, there are countless times that I've been afraid. Afraid of, of, of where are we going to put the kids in school or who are going to be their friends or how we're going to do. I mean, just if we're going to be real, there's a lot of decisions to make as a parent that we're not in the blueprint. <laughs> you know, having them was fun. Raising them, oh Lord. And there's real moments where you're like, I have no idea what to do, but I'm supposed to be confident about something. Come on, do not be afraid and do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you. Come on, somebody, wherever you go, wherever you go. Today on this Father's Day, don't tackle the sea of achievement, future, family, marriage, and friendship without an anchor. You need an anchor. Dads, when the anchor holds, there's life, consistency, freedom, Purpose, success, and all of those are present. In just a second, I want to do something with all of our men. But I want to tell you this. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There have been many times when I have blown it with my son or my daughter. But here's the thing. The reason our world does not know how to forgive people is because we're not modeling it. And I've had to humble myself and go back and go, bro, hey, babe, dad blew that. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And I don't let them say, it's okay. Do you forgive me? I forgive you, dad. Okay. Now here's the deal. We have a culture in our home of forgiveness. And I, told, I tell my kids all the time, there's no way we're going to move forward because I'm going to make you mad and I'm going to be wrong. But the Bible says that those who walk together have to agree. And the only way we for- agree is if there's forgiveness in the home. Men, God's got a calling on your life. And you are an anchor. And there will be a storm. 
There will be a storm. I'm not professing it over you. I'm just telling you there will be a storm in, in, in your wife. There will be a storm in your kids. There will be a storm in your finances. There will be a storm in your job. And you are the anchor that holds. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.